Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an SB Nation blog dedicated to your Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm your host, PD, and folks, hockey is back. The Jackets are in training camp, and we had some real live hockey action this weekend. We had practically a smorgasbord of live hockey, um, which is appropriate because uh, next month when I head over to Sweden and Finland with other Jackets fans, I will partake of a literal smorgasbord, which I'm very excited about. So training camp opened last week. They had physicals on Wednesday. They hit the ice for the first time on Thursday. Then on Saturday morning, the team had a pair of scrimmages, which they um, uh, opened up to the public there to watch. And wow, Jackets fans turned out for that, uh, which I'm, uh, I did not expect. I had considered you know, going down there for that. Uh, I'm glad I didn't though, because I would not have thought to get there super early, but you had to get there super early to, to get any, any good seat or anything. Uh, the stands there in the ice house were totally packed. Then there were fans standing like three deep all around the uh, boards. That's super cool. And, And this is just for, you know, a practice, you know, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? And uh, I think it just shows, you know, how much this team, this town cares about this team. Um, Columbus is a pretty good sports city, but they especially turn out when the teams are doing well. It's a really good bandwagon town. So what's interesting about the Jackets here is that this isn't necessarily a bandwagon worthy roster yet you know last year was better than expected but it was still just an 81 point season they didn't make the playoffs they weren't really close to the playoffs they're not expected to be a playoff team this year and it's not like we're so starved for success i mean the team was better than this for several years not that long ago but there's something about the path that the team is on that has people excited Certainly the signing of Johnny Gaudreau, the re-signing of Patrick Laine, the arrival of exciting young talent like Cole Sillinger or Kent Johnson. Um, there's just there's good vibes here. And I think people are excited about that. I think people are 
ready to, you know, show the team how excited they are to encourage them on. Uh, I'd have to think that that feels great for the players to to see that amount of support here at the start of training camp before any actual games are played. Uh, for, you know, Goudreau, it has to sell, show him that he made the right choice. You know, he talked about how when he played in Nationwide before, he was always impressed by the fans. And so this is just another shot of how much they really care and, and how much they're going to have his back now because he's one of us. And then on Sunday, we had a doubleheader of preseason games. One game was in the early afternoon in Pittsburgh. The other was in the evening at Nationwide Arena. So both teams split up their rosters. The games were split. The Penguins won in overtime in their home ice, and then the Jackets won in a blowout on their home ice. So before I get into talking about what happened in the games, first, I I do need to set out some caveats for uh, for preseason hockey, especially when we're talking about the first games of the preseason. So much of these games is just about getting the rust off. Most of these players haven't played any real hockey games in, what, four months? So you're not going to get great hockey. It's going to be sloppy. There's going to be issues. Um, you also have just weird rosters. You get players that haven't played a lot together, haven't even practiced a lot together. You have this weird mix of established NHL players, AHL players, players that are you know, recent draftees, 18, 19 year olds who are probably going to be playing back in Canadian juniors. Um, then players just on uh, PTOs, you know, they're just tryout players. They're just trying to see if they can get a contract out of this, but they're not actually under contract. And so that gets so different players then have different goals. The, established veterans who know what their role is going to be on the team. They're not looking to prove anything. They're just looking to get conditioned, you know, get back into game speed. Uh, But mostly they're just trying to get through preseason without getting hurt. But then guys that are on the bubble are going to be playing a little harder because they want to make an impression. You know, they want to show that they deserve a spot on the team. Um, and that makes me nervous when you have players playing at different speeds and with different motivations like that, because it's how someone can end up getting hurt. Uh, and unfortunately, we did see that with uh, Ben Harper, who's with the Jackets on a PTO. He got in a fight. He got knocked out cold. Very scary sight. Thankfully, he did get up and was able to skate off the ice with some assistance. Um, but that, you know, you don't, you don't like to see something like that that um, probably ends his preseason. Um, I would hope so. I mean, he clearly had a concussion from that. Uh, it also shows why I dislike fighting in hockey. You know, what's the point of a guy like that getting injured in a preseason game? This game doesn't matter. You know, did you really need to drop your gloves for that? Um, did the team gain anything from that? Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's a rant for another day. We don't need to hear that again. So that's, you know, that's an issue with the preseason games. And, and I don't want to read too much into the actual results. The wins and losses don't really matter here because sometimes that can come down to performances by players that aren't actually going to be on the roster. I care more about individual performances of certain players, um, players that have something to prove, players who are looking to be our top players players who are looking to take a step forward, 
you know, can we see signs of that in the preseason? And I'm also not going to draw any conclusions from a single game, you know, because of all these factors you said, those are reasons why we can't draw conclusions from the game. And also it's just a small sample size. So, you know, one game doesn't make or break uh, a player's future here. But what I do want to look for are trends. You know, so you got players who stood out in these games. There are players who didn't stand out or stood out in a bad way. And so for the next time that they play, for the good players, I'm going to look for, can you do that consistently? For the players that struggled, can they show improvement? And that's the whole point of preseason, right? It's about practicing, teaching, learning. So this gives us a little insight into how coachable some of these players are, especially the younger players. Can they go out and have a bad game, but then, you know, every day is about practice. So can they, you know, get in the film room with the coaches, get back on the ice with their teammates, work on the things that went wrong in game one. And then by the time game two comes around, if the situation comes up again, can they perform better? So that's sort of the things I'm keeping an eye on here uh, over the remaining preseason games. As also the challenge is going to get harder because as the rosters keep getting trimmed, the level of competition will go up and we have some good teams that we're facing in the preseason teams like Washington, St. Louis, Carolina, you know, these are playoff teams from last year, but they will be playing their good players more often as we get later in the preseason, Um, you know, Pittsburgh, Again, also a playoff team, but Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Carter, you know, none of those guys played in either of these games. So uh, they really weren't sending their best for either part. So you can't really read too much into, hey, look, we beat the Penguins. Like, okay, well, but that was more like the Wilkesboro Scranton Penguins, you know, it's not really a a fair test. Can't read too much into that. But later in the preseason, we might be able to to draw more conclusions. And again, we will have a full body of work, you know, showing how these players have consistently performed or have grown on their early performances. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we come back. I will talk about who stood out to me in these first couple of games. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. 
There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. So game one in Pittsburgh, we did not send a very good roster for this game, and that's typical in preseason. Teams tend to save their best players for the home games. That's kind of the privilege of being a star is that you don't have to travel as much in the preseason. Um, but what, who stood out to me for the most part in game one were the defensemen. It was a low scoring game. Three, two was the final. The first jackets goal was scored by forward James Neal. He's here on a tryout contract. I still don't think he's going to make the team, but you know, good for him to have uh, gotten on the board there. I'm sure that's something he was looking to make a quick impression. Uh, it was on the power play, which is uh, certainly encouraging. Uh, Jack Roslovic was, was on that power play. Jack Roslovic was probably the best jackets player uh, that made the trip for that game. And he looked fine. He looked like what you would expect against inferior competition, frankly. Um, Eric Goodbranson, uh, who I talked about last week on the pod, uh, he actually did impress me early on because in the first period he had two quick shots on goal. So I do like to see him putting shots on net. You know, no one thinks of him necessarily as a great offensive defenseman or whatever, but if he can contribute some offense, hey, any little bit helps. And just in general, I like to see players getting shots off, you know, and not just blindly shooting from anywhere. I don't care about missed shots necessarily, but especially shots on net because look, you either you get a goal or the goalie makes a save and you get an offensive zone face off. So you can set up a play that way or it's a rebound and then you get a chance for a high danger rebound shot attempt. So getting the shots in the net, in that high traffic area, uh, that's a good thing. Now, Goodbranson also did have a bad play at one point where he made a really, really bad pass across the top of the zone, got intercepted, breakaway the other way, and you know he just didn't have the foot speed to catch up to that player. Thankfully, the save was made, but uh, that could have been a really ugly play. And against NHL caliber competition, we could have paid for that in a bad way. Uh, another big right-handed shot defenseman in this game was David Yerachek, first of the first-round picks. Uh, Denton Matejic also played in the game. He just he didn't stand out as much to me. But Yerachek, um, you know, had an okay game uh, until the end. He was on ice for both the tying goal from the Penguins in at the end of regulation, and then also the overtime winner for the goal at the end of regulation. Yerachek did the thing that was a problem that plagued the defense all last year where the defenseman on the backside of the goal starts to cheat over to the center uh, of the zone a little bit. And so that left the back door wide open there and he couldn't get back in time to stop the shot. And, and he sort of waved his stick at the puck to try to like maybe whack it away with the puck and maybe even steal the puck. But I think I'd maybe prefer to see him just like get down and block the shot um, so that is 
that was unfortunate. But again, that is a learning experience. And I think that's a reflection of him being 18 years old and having to adjust to the North American game. You know, he, this is a smaller ice than he's used to playing on and just a different caliber of competition too, because the Czech league is far from the best pro league uh, in, in the world. Um, you know, consider that Yarmir Yager is a, in his late forties was playing in this league that shows you the kind of talent that is in that league. Um, then in overtime, uh, you know, failed to clear the puck from the zone. Uh, Penguins were able to cycle it through. And then the guy that scored your check was like, he was right behind him uh, trying to stop him, but he was like maybe trying to reach around without holding the guy and, and it didn't work. And, you know, there with the size and strength, it's like, knock the guy down, you know, or that's a case where even if you took a penalty to knock him down, I would maybe consider that worth it, you know? So yeah, you regroup, you get some fresh legs on ice for the penalty kill, um, you know, but don't give the guy the clean shot on the goalie, which, you know, he was able to make. Um, the defenseman who impressed me the most in that first game was Nick Blankenberg. He got a goal. Uh, it was a go-ahead goal there for the Jackets. Um, so Blankenberg is one of these players who is firmly on the roster bubble. There's no guarantees that he makes the roster. Not sure what his role would be. And, you know, he's waiver exempt, so he could get sent down to Cleveland easily. But he's a guy who, you know, looked good in the games that he played late last season. And in this game, he looked like a guy that wanted to show that he deserved a spot on the team. You know, he showed a lot of the same good things that we saw last season. And I love to see that. I love to see a player rising to the challenge like that. Um, someone like Jake Beans, another person who, you know, was a lock for the roster last year, but this year we're wondering, you know, is is he still a lock, you know, just because of the numbers game there. And, and Jake Bean did not impress me as much as Blankenberg did, uh, even as they were playing together. So that's bad news for Jake Bean, good news for Dick Blankenberg. For the game in Columbus, we had a much better roster, more of the regulars that you would expect to see, especially the star players. And those stars, those veterans did very, very well, which is exactly what you want to see for playing at home, in front of the home fans, and against a not great version of the Pittsburgh roster and against you know, Dustin Tokarski in goal. It's not even like they were going up against Tristan Jari. Um, you had three players there with three points, uh, including Jake Voracek with three points and Johnny Gaudreau with three points. A great debut for him in a jacket sweater. They got two power play goals, so that's three power play goals for the day. Is power play fixed? Maybe. Really liked what I saw with the way it was set up and who was standing where. Uh, just great puck movement, lots of cross ice passes, which we know is a great way of setting up open shots on net. Of course, the fascinating thing with the top line is that we saw line and Goudreau like we expected, but at center was Kent Johnson, which I did not expect to see that happen so soon. Now, some of this is just by necessity because there weren't many other centers available. Boone Jenner was held out of the games and from the scrimmage because, you know, he's still recovering from that back injury. 
he's expected to be fine, but they're just taking things slowly, which I totally respect. Cole Sillinger uh, suffered an injury on Thursday in practice. Not expected to be serious. They're just seeing it's day to day. But again, they're taking precautions, which I'm fine with. Although I do hope he is able to get into some preseason games just because he's so green. Shank Rally did not play in the other game. They didn't say why. Presumably that's just healthy scratch. Veteran player don't need him to play in these games. And Jack Rousevich, as I said, played in the first game. So who else is going to play center? Give Johnson a shot. And damn, <laughs> he he looked like a natural fit between them. Uh, they played really fast, but they skated fast. They passed fast. They took the shots on net. Really good work by that line. They had great possession numbers, so you know, no worries about the defense there. You know, we had concerns about Johnson in the faceoff circle, but he won half his faceoffs, five out of ten. I'll take that. So, really, really encouraging performance from him. Uh, you know, again, I think there's no doubt that he makes the roster. It's just a question: Will he be a wing? Will he be a center? If so, where? I initially poo-pooed the idea of him playing a high line center role this soon, but based on what I saw here, like I want to see some more of this in the preseason. Now I also do want to see, you know, Roslovic and Sillinger get a shot between line and Goudreau as well. But, you know, yeah, put Johnson in the mix there as well. I think from what I saw there, I don't want to see Boone Jenner centering that line because he just cannot play at the pace that those guys can. I think it will slow them down too much. So hopefully we do not see that. Uh, The other player that really, really stood out in game two is Justin Danforth. Like Blankenberg, this is is a bubble guy. You know, played well last year, but, you know, with a lot of new forwards coming in, like, was there still a spot for him? Now, I think Alexander Texier not coming over this season helped Danforth mostly Um, because look after Texier went down last season it was Danforth that stepped into his role for the most part uh, as that you know fourth line winger who could slide over and play center if necessary could score goals even from that depth role just like Texier was doing Danforth was able to do the same and yet uh, on Sunday there he played center on the second line so he had Nyquist and Voracek with him that line again looked pretty good themselves. Danforth looked very comfortable in that role. Uh, he also got to play on the first power play unit, which looked great. Uh, scored those two goals, like I said. So we had Line A on the left circle, where you know we're used to seeing him. Uh, Wierenski on the point, and then Wierenski suffered a minor injury. He left the game. He sh- hopefully he's okay. Bokus took his spot. Was able to do effectively from the top of the zone. Uh, Goudreau was on the right circle. Jake Voracek, who, you know, got bumped from that right circle. So where was he going to go? They put him net front. He got a goal, a rebound goal there. Perfect. So Danforth then was the bumper guy in the middle. Now, I don't expect him to be on the first unit when the regular season starts. I think there are other talented forwards who could take that bumper spot. But he did really well in it, both as a passer and as a shooter. Um, the Voracek goal, for example, was... A, rebound from a Danforth shot. Um, so I'm uh, just really excited about the ability of Danforth to fill any role that we need him 
in, you know, ideally that fourth line role. But if some guy goes hurt, then you could move him up and he can fill that spot and keep things moving. Um, I also just love to see the fire and the effort there. You know, this is a guy that doesn't take anything for granted because he had to work so hard for so long just to get a shot at the NHL. And so far last year and now this year, what we're seeing is he's making the most of the opportunity. Um, And I think that's a great inspiration for all the younger players. Like, look, you can't just expect based on your draft position or anything like that, that you're going to get at the spot. You know, you're going to have to really battle for it. So more players need to be like Danforth in that regard. And, you know, I still had some questions about, you know, what's his long-term role with the team, but, you know, for the short term, he's an effective player now and that helps everyone around him on the team. So, so good for him. We've got uh, more preseason games coming up this week. They play Buffalo, they play St. Louis, and then they play Washington. So uh, be sure to follow along as always at jacketscannon.com. We will have uh, game threads for all those games. We'll have recaps of all those games, more coverage of the preseason as it comes around. And so be sure to tune in next week as we'll have more discussion about uh, those three games. And we'll see at that point if we have any clarity about uh, how the roster might shake up. We might see some uh, trimming of the roster by that point. We'll have some more news about some of the injury status of some players. So uh, it's really exciting. Uh, to see what can happen from here. I'm really looking forward to it. So be sure to tune in for that next week. We'll catch you then. For more content from the Canon, go to jacketscanon.com. You can also follow the Canon on Facebook and on Twitter at CBJ Cannon. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and the Howlin' Moons. Go to angelaperley.com for more music and show dates.